Hey guys, Joe here, the man who gave Bunny Colvin the idea for Hamsterdam, and I'm here to talk about UFC 283. You know, it was, honestly, a kind of a lopsided night in for some fights, but honestly, very interesting fights, and I actually thought this was a really good card, so enough talk, let's just get to the fights. in our main event, we had Jamal Hill versus Glover Teixeira for the vacant light heavyweight title. Jamal Hill just beat the hell out of Glover Teixeira. But you know what's crazy is the real story here, and this could be fan bias because Glover is very loved, Jamal Hill isn't very liked on the internet right now, you know, so, okay, uh, and uh, I won't get into why, like, he defended certain actions uh, that had taken place this year, leave it at that. So people, of course, did not, like, that. Um, but Hill, you know, we're here to talk about the fights, not them personally. And Hill just battered him. Outclassed him on the feet, was avoiding takedowns over and over. Like, he had an absurd stat line. I think it was like 13 of 14 defended takedowns. I mean, 15 defended takedowns. It's ridiculous. Um, and, uh, but Glover, bleeding throughout, taking a beating, and he kept going on. And that seems to be like the big narrative is that Glover just kept going. He kept fighting, kept going through all this noise. And just toughing it out. Super tough. Tons of heart. Uh, Jamal Hill landed the most strikes ever in a light heavyweight fight. Glover never, you know, kept in it. Made it to the made it to the final bell where he did lose a decision. But um, it was, you know, actually he made it entertaining. It wasn't just, it was one-sided. Very, very, very one-sided. But he was still going. He was still swinging. He even uh, got a cut on Jamal Hill and like a, it swelled up pretty good like a little mouse under his eye with a left hook, but it wasn't enough. Um, so the game plan for Hill, I thought this was really interesting. He really wanted to mix it up by switching stances at distance uh, out of Glover's, like, I guess you could call it, I'm a big fighting game fan, so I, I use fighting game terms when I break down fights, but uh, I call it burst movement range, you know, in a sense, fighting game term, like burst range. Uh, so he was out of distance for, like, the big leaping, you know, shots, um, so he was changing at a safe distance, switching stances. Um, and he was using it to try and mix up with the boxing and the hands, but when he was southpaw, he was using the open guard to land body kicks to the exposed body. And uh, it was nasty. And so Hill had these questions kind of coming into the fight, like cardio and wrestling defense. And so I actually really like this idea for the cardio issue, in theory, because you're at least going to level the playing field by sapping away the energy with body kicks. Um, so with the wrestling takedown defense, obviously I mentioned he stuffed a, a ton of takedowns. So a lot of the questions around Jamal Hill have been kind of put to rest. We Here we are, you know, mostly just going like, well, he gets hit a little bit, like he gets hit a little bit. That's some of most we can really say when it comes to, obviously he got his arm broken by Paul Craig, but no one's out grappling that guy, it feels like. Um, I mean, Jimmy Crute did, but, you know, I mean, like, that, that's kind of uh, Paul Craig's world down there. So, Glover's, you know, really made it entertaining. He had this, you know, lost a decision fight uh, in a one-sided fight. That, again, was entertaining, though. Um, and he decided to hang up the gloves. He stated that he wanted more time to devote to training middleweight champion Alex Pajeda. And well, I well I think it's great. I, w I want to admire the toughness because I'm I'm damn well doing it right now. Uh, <laughs> well, you know, I, I I I'm very much pro fighter safety, and I feel like the corner should have thrown in the towel here, or the doctor should have stepped in at some point. Um, Glover mentioned in his post fight interview that he's too tough for his own good, and I agree. 
I enjoyed the fight. I just think it should have been stopped. I gotta be honest. But for the co-main event, we had uh, Davis Figueiredo versus Brandon Moreno. This is the fourth fight between them, and all for the title. I think I think Davis Figueiredo was 35 coming into the fight. Last time he fought someone that wasn't named Brandon Moreno, he was 32. Think about that. Kind of crazy. And uh, I personally felt like Moreno won the third fight, even though Davison did get it on the scorecards. I, I do want to talk about, but I want to bring that up though, because uh, I want to talk about the concept of rematches, like in general. So, in my opinion, I think the guy who makes the most adjustments in between fights is going to use that level up to kind of uh, take the next fight, in my opinion. Um, I think usually that means the advantage is on the losing fighter because. Then it just go. Then they can look at the tape. They can look at the previous fights that they've had with it. And they can go, okay. So this wasn't working that I was trying. This was working. I got to build off on that. Um, and so I need to change those up. Okay, but what is he doing? Okay, he was doing this and it was working like crazy. I need to fix that. I need to stop that. So here we go. Whereas the winning fighter just goes, okay. So this was working. I guess I got to keep doing it. You know, he had success here. So I guess I should kind of prepare for that. But it's a lot of unknowns for the winning fighter. Um, so it's a little more complicated than that, but that's just an easy way of describing it. So what were the big changes for these guys going in? Well, for Moreno, it was the wrestling. He was able to get the fight down to the ground multiple times, and it really helped him open up the striking. So, because if, you know, you're worried about the takedown, striking is a little easier, and vice versa. Um, and the, the ground and pound he was doing wasn't, like, overly just, you know... Mark Munoz-style Donkey Kong punches, but they were adding up damage as it was wearing him down. Um, Figgy seemed like he was putting the, wanting to put the pressure on, and that kind of played into Moreno, who knew he wanted to put the pressure on. And so the the big change was Figgy going, okay, we're not going to trade back and forth on the momentum. I'm going to be the one putting the pressure down no matter what. And Moreno used, knew that going into this fight, and he used it to kind of really show off a pretty interesting counter-striking game. I thought he did pretty well. I thought it was close on the feet. But the grappling, definitely Moreno. And so after three rounds, Moreno's winning. Uh, in my opinion, I thought he was winning. I thought he was winning 2-1. I think I gave the first round to Figueredo, I believe. Um, but the doctor had called a stop to the fight. So a left hook had landed clean. Landed super clean. And it just busted up that eye. Just swollen right eye for Figueredo. Figueredo said it was a thumb. It wasn't. We can see the replay. It's a very clean punch, absolutely a punch, no question. But afterwards, after landing the left hook, Figueredo's kind of like, you know, gets hit, moves in. He tries to paw off and like, you know, kind of get a stiff arm him. And that happens all the time. That's where like accident eye pokes happen. So Moreno did eye poke him after, but it was the left eye, not the right eye. So I feel like, oh, yeah. Okay, at least he didn't get the finish off of the shot because then it would have been mega controversy. Here comes the fifth fight. But no, it, the punch that ended the fight was because of the damage, and it was a left hook. That was a punch. And uh, I think, you know, with no sight, no fight. So, you know, fights off, Figueredo, doctor stops it for him. And uh, Moreno puts it to rest, at least in my mind, that there won't be a fifth fight. Uh, and even Figgy himself is going to bantamweight after the fight. So Carl actually called that exactly. Me and him both agreed, but he brought it up that no matter what, win, lose, or draw, Figueredo is not fighting at 125 anymore. This weight cuts rough on him. Uh, so two things to note, really quick. Uh, first, 
kind of funny to me that people are calling cheating on Moreno because they're claiming the punch wasn't clean. I'm gonna say this here. Figgy cheats a lot too. I mean, like a lot of fighters get away with a lot of stuff. I'm not saying Figgy is at John Jones level. Figgy has done a lot of things. Alex Perez had him up in the air, grabbed the cage. Uh, the groin shots, the low blows in the first fight with Moreno. Okay. Um, and uh, in this fight, he they were both in like a leg lock position at the end of round one, and he tried just axe kicking him, a downed opponent, while they were like kind of in like the X guard in a sense. Both kind of fighting for leg positioning. And he just kind of brought an axe kick down, and Moreno's like, dude, what the hell? And I was just saying, you know, incidental eye poke. I mean, if there was other fouls, I could be like, you know what? Yeah, you guys got a point. You know, because I'm not saying... If both guys are cheating, they're both cheaters, you know, no question. But, I mean, just saying, Figgy, come on, like, how, how do you ignore those? Second thing, I was really kind of disappointed in the crowd tonight. So the crowd is pelting Moreno with drinks and just items as he's leaving. He's having to, like, you know, duck and run. Um, I thought it was just a disgusting display. I mean, I get it. Having your countrymen lose is very, very heartbreaking, and it sucks. But you got to have some level of respect, I feel like. Um, the crowd just let me down. You know, as they were, they were like actively leaving during the main event. So in the post-fight interview, when Jamal Hill is getting the belt put around him and Glover Teixeira is retiring, their countryman is retiring, one of the biggest moments of their career, it looks like we're in like the pandemic era again with no crowds. It's, it's pretty, I, I think that's disgusting. I don't like that at all. I'm not going to, I'm going to refrain from using disgusting. I think it's very disrespectful. I don't like it. Uh, so I'm going to run through the rest of the fights because I wanted to really talk about the main events. So Gilbert Burns just runs through Neil Magny, uh, feeling out process, and he gets him down. And from here, it's like a knee on the bellies, but he was using a lot to kind of advance position and control positions. And it just kind of felt like a large snake just wrapping itself around its prey. He ends up getting an arm triangle choke. Boom. Good submission win. And Neil Magny's tough, but super tough dude, durable dude, hard to put away. Burns didn't have any trouble with it. Then he called out Colby Covington. So if the legal things work out with, for Colby, if he can fight again... I, I want to do this fight. This fight sounds so much fun to me. Jessica Andrade had a very lopsided win over Lauren Murphy. Just decimated her on the feet. But credit where credit's due. Lauren Murphy, tough. Never went down. Just kept going nonstop. I, you know, always trying to get something going. Just super admirable, I think. Um, once again, probably should have stopped it, but sure. Paul Craig did get stopped by Johnny Walker after catching a kick. Really disappointed by the lack of grappling attempts by Paul Craig. But, you know, he did have issues with the distance that uh, Johnny Walker was maintaining and using very well. And the shots that stopped Craig while on one foot, dude, that's super impressive. Like, you know, I'm a Paul Craig guy. Man, I gotta get, that's, that was awesome. Shogun retired uh, after getting stopped by Ihor uh, Poteria. I hope I'm saying his name correctly. But then he ruined any chances of, you know, coming out of this with fans by doing a really cringy Fortnite dance um, after stopping an aging vet. Regardless, though, Shogun, one of my all-time favorite fighters, and an absolute legend. So, farewell, good luck in retirement. Bruno Fajeda got a big upset win over a one-shot finish of Robocop. Yaltin Alameda destroyed Shamil Abdurrahimov. I've never said his name right. Um, and finally, Terrence McKinney got blasted by a huge flying knee from Ismail Bonfim. I don't think I, it was, that name was, I've never seen a name like that before. I feel like I'm... Again, Southern American guy. Sorry. Um, and that's it for me, though. So this was a pay-per-view card. So obviously on the main channel, Retro Review. Uh, I, I really enjoyed it, so I hope you guys go check it out. I, I really enjoyed this one. I got to cover a Jose, Jose Aldo fight. 
super pumped for it. And of course, no fights next week, but the week after, we do have Derek Lewis versus Sergey Spivak. I'll be here. I'll be here to recap it all. I'm Joe with the INC. Thank you for watching.